it's my personal opinion. We're all born with a unique talent, skill set, whatever you call it, gift. But even with that gift, you've got to practice, hone, and continually evolve your approach so that you can maximize it. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals go check it out fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever that's f-u-n-d-t-h-a-t-f-l-i-p.com forward slash best ever you're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success you're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all that fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. And well, you know what? This is also the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's right. You're listening to it. We're going to get right into it today. You're listening to it on a Friday. You should be if you're listening to it every day as a loyal best ever listener. And because it's Friday, we're doing follow along Friday where we talk about all the stuff I got going on in my business. And back from popular demand, we've got a guest with us today who's going to talk to me and with me about what I got going on. The co-author of the best real estate investing advice ever book, Theo Hicks. Hey, Theo. Joe, thanks for having me back. My pleasure. It worked out well last week. And, you know, it's just so much smoother because I don't have to feel like I have to just have one long monologue. Instead, I can just have some dialogue and go back and forth. And I feel like I can get a lot deeper in subjects whenever it's back and forth versus me in front of a microphone hanging out with my dog. <laughs> yeah, the solo podcasts, while they're good, it's a lot better having back and forth conversation. I totally agree. Yeah, well, uh, let's dive in. The number one thing on my radar for this week is the new deal that I'm working on and just put together the investor package for it. I still haven't sent it out And by the way, best ever listeners, we are recording this earlier in the week, so it likely will be going out by the time this episode airs. 
but haven't sent it out as I speak now. Just finishing all the marketing points as well as the business points on it. How I approach the whole marketing package, just so you know, you all can know how it how it works, is I work with my business partner on of one knowing what's the high level approach and strategy and why do we like this deal and what could go wrong. Then once we identify those high level bullet points, then we make sure that obviously the numbers make sense and work out and the underwriting solid. Then we further flesh that out and create the document. And then we go through multiple rounds of revisions back and forth. Simultaneously, once we establish those high-level selling points and marketing points, we create a video for most of our deals. And that is the case for this deal. I did the voiceover for it this weekend, and it went much smoother than the first time I did it. This time, it, it took me probably 25 minutes total, but that's because we already had a script approved that I was just basically reading from. So that way, we've got both a, a presentation, a you know, PDF, as well as a nice private video for accredited investors for them to look at on the deal. And, and that's been taking up the majority of my time. So if a best ever listener were to kind of do a, being a similar, a similar situation for their first deal, would you recommend that they would do the marketing package for the first couple of times and then add in the video or both something that you would recommend doing or, or just a video? I'd say if you've got the opportunity to do a video, then bring video. On my first deal, I wasn't nearly as polished in every single way imaginable. <laughs> every way that statement can go on not being polished is valid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one of the things is I went to the property and I just stand there with my iPhone and just like twirl around 360 style and have little snippets of video. I put that on Dropbox and I would email my investors who were in the deal little snippets of video. Now we've got a drone that goes in and out like over the property and zooming all around the property and through the units and it's much more polished. That drone part's pretty cool. I'd be curious to see that, but I can definitely see how that first time doing it, I mean, you've never done it before, so it'd been weird if you would have gone, everything would have gone perfectly. So that's cool that you kind of put yourself out there and just tried it out. And then now you're upgrading to drone footage and <laughs> moving forward. That's right. I cut you off earlier. Was there a follow-up question that you were asking? I was just going to ask, is the marketing package as well as a video, do they overlap in material? Yes. Okay, so you, if someone watched the video, they wouldn't have to look at the marketing package and, and vice versa? If someone watched the video, they still should look at the marketing package because it doesn't have everything in it that the marketing package does. But if someone read the marketing package, then they really don't need to watch the video other than to get a sense of the property because everything is included in the marketing package. It's, it's really used for... Knowing that everyone learns and processes information differently, audio, visual, you know, kind of touch and feel, there's all sorts of ways. And it's just a way to resonate with different people depending on how they process information. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And many people do the marketing package, whereas a smaller percentage of the guys like you actually use video. So I'm sure that makes you stand out as well. 
Yeah, I haven't heard of too many doing it, although I'm sure some do. The other thing that I'm going to be scheduling this week is a conference call with accredited investors. And what I do is I record that call, answer all the questions that they have on the deal. The call will be next week, if I'm scheduling it this week. I'll record the call. Accredited investors are busy people. And if they're not able to attend, then I use that call and share that with people in the future who are interested. And then also what I've used recorded call in the past for is for new relationships that I build in between deals. And then they'll be like, okay, well, who's your business partner? What type of deals have you done in the past? And I say, well, let me send you a prior deal that we've done. And so you get a sense of how my business partner and I work together, as well as hearing directly from each of us, instead of me telling you, how about I give you a recording of our last conference call that we had with investors where we presented the last deal that we closed on last month or whenever it was. And that's really helped build relationships with people. And I made the mistake of not recording the call initially on one of my deals. And then people are like, oh, I couldn't make it. And then I said, oh, well, let me just hit the record button on freeconferencecall.com. And that's been a really good method of building the relationship with investors who are new to the fold as well. Oh, yeah. It's just such a, a simple thing and just clicking that record button and having it record and then that extra trust factor that you can build based off of the investors being able to make their own decisions based off of hearing a conversation you're having versus you just saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. They can actually hear it for themselves and see how professional you are and see that you know what you're talking about. So I think that recording those phone calls is probably something that's extremely important. And just to triple confirm and reiterate to the best of our listeners, it's a conference call that's recorded. So everyone knows who's on the call that it is being recorded. It's not something that I'm doing in secret. Uh, so, so it's not like if, if we have a conversation, I'm recording it. it. It is a scheduled conference call that is recorded. And I'll tell you on that note, though, on having something that people can listen to and build relationships with them. I had a call with an investor two days ago, well, three days ago, it was on a Friday. And that investor is someone who I interviewed on my podcast as a best ever guest. And she was like, you know, I'm looking to become more passive and just through our relationship from the podcast. And I've only spoken to her maybe twice, including when I interviewed her on the podcast. But we connected and we've exchanged emails since then. She said, I'd love to invest in one of your deals. And she said, quite frankly, it's just through the public presence that you have, as well as the credibility you have through the podcast, I'm good. Now, because I started talking about my business structure and who the partner is and all that. And she kind of cut me off and she said that. And with the podcast, I mean, I, I go back to this fairly frequently because it's important to note. It builds the relationship with people. And boy, best ever listeners, you need to have something like it. Maybe audio isn't your thing. That's cool. Maybe video is, then go with that. Go YouTube. Maybe written stuff is, then do Amazon and write some books. Maybe in-person is, and then just have events. And then record those events so that you can put it on YouTube. 
because ultimately you want to build a scalable way to create value and establish relationships while you're sleeping. That's the key. When you personally are sleeping and you're able to establish relationships with people whenever they're uh, inclined to listen to you or watch stuff about you, then that's when you know you've got something good. So I want to reiterate that I just brought in a new investor into the fold because of the podcast. And it's just an endless funnel of leads. It's amazing. And would you say that, because I mean, I know you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Is it something where at first it was kind of like a flat line, but then as you you hit some point, it's kind of like you have this exponential growth in regards to kind of, of everything, whether it's people wanting to come on the show and interview them or people being interested in doing deals with you and just all the relationships that possible. Would you say that it's something that at first it was you know a lot slower, whereas now since you've been doing it for so long, it's had to have picked up and all the momentum that you've you've built over the past couple of years is all kind of come together and just making this huge push right now? It was my dog and my girlfriend and my mom and probably my dad listening at the beginning. And by beginning, I mean the first four months. And then I had like a couple emails come through. I've been doing this daily for almost two years now. I'd say after like month 12 to 18 is when it really, really picked up. And now it's at a place where the leads that are coming in, as you know, Theo, I've brought on an an administrative assistant to help me with my business and all the things that I've got going on because it's too much for me to handle. And I wouldn't be able to do stuff like this, have conversations and really think about things strategically if I was responding to every email as they came in. It just isn't a good use of my time. It's not the highest and best use of my time. So there's certainly a tipping point. And I think the tipping point happened when I did this promotion where I asked the previous best ever guests. This was July of 2015. I asked the previous best ever guests to do a co-partnership with me where I would give them free advertising, a 15-second ad on my podcast in exchange for them sending an email out to their database. And, you know, it's free for them, free for me. I've got a platform. They've got an email database. And through that, I saw my uh, listener base spike a thousand people per day on average, a thousand people for the whole month. And I retained about 800 of those thousand the next month. So it was something that had staying power. And ever since then, I've been implementing that a similar type of promotion where I give them a free 15 second ad in exchange for them sending an email out to their database. And that has really helped the growth. But also, it definitely coincides with just me being more active in the multifamily syndication business because it took me two years to go from the 168 unit in July of 2013 to closing on my second deal, which was a 250 unit in August of 2015. Since then, I've closed on that 250. I've closed on a 155 unit. I've closed on a 320 unit and Now this one is a little under 300 units. And then we got another one coming up too. So it's one thing to be talking about it and not have an audience. It's another to be talking about it and doing it while having an audience. 
And I think those two factors of I've got a big community of the best ever listeners and combining that with actually doing it and not just talking about theory, those are the two combos that have helped it with the tipping point. I'd possibly toss in the third one in there just because it seems like kind of the foundation for all this. And I know one of the books that you talk about is a Napoleon Hill, Three Feet from Gold. I haven't read the book, but I think the principle of it is patience and kind of just continuing on until you get to that tipping point. And for you, you said, you know, 12 to 18 months, you were doing a podcast every single day. I'm sure you were seeing some results, but I'm sure it was still difficult because you weren't seeing the results that you wanted as quickly as you wanted them. But you kept, you know, waiting and you kept getting after it and you kept working towards it and you kept doing the daily podcast. And then now you're just reaping all of the rewards because of all that patience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the podcast is a business channel that has come up with new revenue streams that I didn't think of. And one of them is what we talked about during our last conversation, and that is wholesaling select deals that we come across or that are sent to me specifically from people or through people I have a relationship with like this one that we're working on. And that's not my specialty. And I quite frankly don't want to focus on it because I got a good business model already. However, it'd be stupid of me to just leave revenue on the table. That's why you know you and I are partnering in an official capacity in that, among other things. And that's going to help grow the business as well. And so, that, you know, I think ultimately, once you start building a community, there are new revenue streams that come out of it that you're not anticipating. And it's important to act on those revenue streams because a lot of people are bullheaded and they want to force fit what they anticipated being the revenue stream. But in reality, there might be other opportunities. And I'll give us another specific example. To advertise on my podcast, it's $5,000 a month. To have the exclusive sponsorship, it's $5,000 a month. Minimum three-month commitment. But now that I've brought on team members and I've essentially delegated most of the responsibilities with the exception of actually doing the interview, it costs me more than $5,000 a month to do the podcast. So I'm losing money on a monthly basis on this podcast because I've chosen to prioritize my time over the monetary value I'm directly receiving from advertisers. However, there's all sorts of ways that I'm making much, much more money as a result of the podcast. And that's through the multifamily syndication deals where I establish relationships with investors through the show. That's through my consulting program where I help investors learn how to raise money and buy apartment buildings. And that's also through what we're testing out. And that's this wholesaling stuff. On a more personal question in regard to the podcast, how long into it did you start to feel like you I guess mentally hit your stride like you were comfortable doing it and you weren't I wouldn't say nervous but maybe because maybe it's, it's, your, it's a new thing it's your first time doing it I'm not sure if you went into it and were completely confident in what you were doing or if it took a little time to kind of get into it and get into your groove and then now I'm sure it's automatic and you, you have fun but I'm just curious to know if in the beginning there was a little bit of, of struggle in the beginning you know depends on my state that day, quite frankly. <laughs> it really does. The quality of conversation that I have with someone, I think depends on me and the level of 
concentration and thoughtfulness I'm bringing to the conversation that day. And I'd say that from a high level, I'm not proud of the shows that were at the very, very, very beginning. I think there's a lot of good content and the guests were really good, but I just sucked it up. I felt uncomfortable. After I got, I'd say, 100 or so in, though, you develop just muscle memory, right? You just know what you're going to say in certain situations. And now doing it, you know, what, six, seven hundred podcasts and interviews, I feel like I've heard most business models, if not all business models in real estate investing. It's very rare that I come across a business model that isn't you lend money, you do a fix and flip, you do wholesale, you do apartments, you raise money, or any miscellaneous asset classes like storage units, parking lots, etc. So I pretty much know the approach, but as far as the quality of conversation and my comfortableness with it, I've caught myself being like, hey, snap out of it, focus on this conversation more than what you're doing right now compared to other times where I'm just on the ball. And I think that just has to do with a normal course of life Yes, where some people, I'm going to be honest, some people I'm more excited to talk to than others. And it goes against the core belief that I have. I believe I can learn something from everyone. And that's why I do the podcast. But sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I catch myself not being as excited to talk to one person over another. And that's when I'm in the process of practicing conditioning myself so that I'm treating every interview equally because every interview guest I have has a message for everyone if we approach it the right way. It's just like when Tony Robbins talks about when he goes to a seminar and the seminar sucks. Well, he can still take something away from it that can be applied to his life, his business. And that's my approach with the interview guests. So it's a constantly evolving process where I constantly have to maintain the state of mind and stay strong and, and be inquisitive. I think the best of your listeners from everyone, that's really good to hear. And it's probably a decent transition into the Tony Robbins because I watched that documentary and met a guru last night and kind of hearing it from you and hearing from the, your beginning stages of doing the podcast how you know like like now that you weren't at your best and because obviously you didn't know what you were doing but kind of what Tony Robbins does if he has a bad seminar you kind of look back at those podcasts and there's still something you can take away from that and like you needed to get through all of those you know first 100 podcasts where you were potentially uncomfortable or not in the correct state in order to get to the point where you are now where you know okay like Back then, I was in this lower state, and so now I know what a, a higher state feels like, so I'm actually capable to recognize that and kind of do it when I'm actually podcasting. So it was good to hear that and mm -hmm. to know that you know, the beginning stages aren't going to be perfect, and although it's still a continuous journey, you know, the beginning stages are going to be uncomfortable. They need to happen in order for you, for you to get to the point where you're actually good at what you're doing, because no one wakes up and is born a number one podcaster. No one's born... Tony Robbins, there's the struggle I had to go through first in order to rebound and kind of slingshot their way up to where they're at now. Yeah, agreed. It's my personal opinion. We're all born with a unique talent, skill set, whatever you call it, gift. But even with that gift, you've got to practice, hone, and continually evolve your approach so that you can maximize it. 
And certainly Tony, it's very clear he has a gift and I think we all do it. But yeah, you, ha- you have to just stick with it. And as, as far as the documentary, what were your thoughts? I really liked it because I know you've watched a lot of his videos where I personally have it. So I had this kind of idea of who Tony Robbins was in my head before I watched it and like kind of how that whole entire situation worked. But I think the biggest takeaway that I got out of it is to focus on the positive is not the negative just because Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins didn't actually make the documentary. Some other documentary filmmaker did. And typically when there's any kind of documentary that's out there, they always try to find the negative or find a way to knock a person down a peg. Whereas this documentary was all focusing on the positives. And that's not something that you see a lot because I watch a lot of documentaries and you never see that until it's really refreshing. And it kind of lets you also look at your own life and be like, you know, I kind of do the same thing. I'm always focusing on the negative aspects of the things that I do, whereas I should be focusing on the positive because everyone has their negatives and their positive attributes. So why would you ever want to focus on negatives unless you're trying to look at them objectively and try to get better? But it's when you look at them negatively is when you kind of get sucked down into that. And so when I watched that Tony Robbins podcast, he kind of talked about that and you kind of saw him on a more human level how he has his, I want to say they problems, but he's still not you know, perfect and he's super humble. And it's not something that you would expect from someone that's that huge of a character. And so that was something that I was, I wouldn't even say I was surprised on. I was, it was very refreshing to see someone that was that big who just puts in so much work and effort off the stage to make sure that everyone that comes to his seminars come away with those I can't remember what he called them, but those like moments when they break out moments, I think mm, is what break he calls through. them. Yeah. yeah, breakthrough moments. Yeah, yeah. As a disciple of Tony Robbins, you know, clearly I ate up the, the documentary. And for best ever listeners, it's called "I'm Not Your Guru." I'd say that I've also, as you said, I've watched a lot of Tony Robbins videos on YouTube. And in fact, my first year as an entrepreneur, I've almost literally watched every single video that Tony has on YouTube and I would take notes on each of them, have the link and then go back to them and reference them. Theo and I actually have the same life coach slash business coach through the Tony Robbins program, Trevor McGregor. You've heard him on the show before, best ever listeners. So I'm all in on the Tony Robbins philosophy. I'd say the documentary reminded me of more YouTube videos and less behind the scenes. I wish that there was more behind the scenes access with Tony and what his life's like and not centered as much on filming the Date with Destiny conference. Yeah. Uh, Because I've been to Unleash the Power Within and I've experienced it incredible. I'm going to go to many, many more along with, I'm going to go to my first date with destiny soon. But a lot of the principles he talks about in every one of his conferences. And now I know that for a fact, because I've now seen a date with destiny documentary basically is very similar. They all kind of uh, cross over. And I was just a little bit disappointed that it wasn't more behind the scenes with him. It was more what the event attendees see as the event unfolds. Other than that, though, I mean, if you're not familiar with Tony or if you are, I recommend the documentary. I would give it seven out of 10 stars. And that's only because of the things that I mentioned. 
I was expecting a little bit more behind the scenes too, and they did it a little bit, but again, there was there was really no moments of vulnerability for him mm-hmm. to his actual life. I mean, there was a moments of vulnerability where he was vulnerable for other people's lives, but it'd been nice to see things that he's working on in, in his life. And so as he's not like, I guess, shown this perfect guy, just because it's impossible for anyone to be perfect. He's trying to make that character of him being the perfect person. But I think people would be able to relate to him even more if they realize, oh, he has you know, some personal yes. problems he's working on, too. And so hopefully in the future, he comes out with more stuff along the lines like that. You nailed it. It's the vulnerability aspect or component that was not present in the documentary. In order to really tell a story with anyone, I mean, you have to be real and authentic and come from a place of personal experience where you're talking about now just to be fair he talked about how he grew up how his mom was a strong figure how she hit him so now there was that but they didn't go deep enough it was more surface level this is my story that you'd hear in a presentation or a seminar and not like a one-on-one interview that i thought this documentary would get out of him versus what I could watch on a YouTube video about his background. Yes, I would agree. I I haven't seen his specific YouTube videos, but I've seen other YouTube videos. And this was just, I would say, a two-hour YouTube video. Yeah, agreed. So with that being said, if you like two-hour YouTube videos on Tony Robbins and personal growth, which I do, then check it out. But if you're looking for something much, much deeper that you wouldn't necessarily find on YouTube, then I don't think that this documentary hits on that. So, all right, let's move on. Theo, like I said on the last time we talked, I always feel smarter and more filled up emotionally or, or intellectually when we talk. And I just enjoy having these types of conversations with you. Best ever listeners, hope you got some stuff from this. We covered a lot of different topics from multifamily syndication and marketing packages to Tony Robbins, personal growth, and I guess we unexpectedly went into uh, our Siskel and Ebert review of the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru. So with that being said, Theo, you got anything else you want to mention before we sign off? No, I think that's it. Just I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And I'm looking forward to kind of continuing doing these and having these interviews and conversations evolve on a week by week basis and hopefully provide the best ever listeners with kind of more and more tactical real estate information, but I think it's also good that we're talking more on a, on a personal level about what's going on in your life and how you look at it and how you've kind of gotten to where you're at right now. Because again, similarly to the Tony Robbins, kind of the lack of that vulnerability, I think people connect to that so much more and it feels so much more real to them. So Agreed. Completely agree. And I've done some self-reflection and the most important thing I've realized in my world, the most important thing to me is authenticity. I've approached life that way, but I've never actually communicated it externally that that is the most important thing because I just love talking to people and connecting with them. But when I meet someone who's not being authentic or genuine, then my spidey sense starts tingling and I just start being very suspicious and I start trying to like figure out why are they not being authentic. And so I'm glad that this type of conversation, the format on this special segment of Follow Along Friday 
allows us to kind of get in a little bit deeper and on a personal note. Lastly, where can the best ever listeners go check out your podcast? Uh, you can go to theohicks.org or you can subscribe on iTunes. And I also have an at Unplugged Podcast Instagram page that I post some personal development unplugged type quotes every day. So you guys can check that out as well. Awesome. Well, Theo, thanks for the conversation. Really enjoyed it. Hope you have a best ever weekend and talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles, who was a guest on episode 289. His company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at maverickinvestorgroup.com forward slash best ever. That's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K investorgroup.com forward slash best ever.